everybody. Welcome to another edition of We Talk Photo. I am one of your hosts, John Peterson, and with me, as always, is Mr. Jack Graham. How you doing, Jack? Hello. Hi, John. Oh, is this thing on? Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> we're cooking, and there's Colleen. We have, John, introduce Colleen. We've already done it. Well, we have a, a we have a uber energetic, wonderful writer, photographer, travel person. We're going to welcome her back to the show, Colleen Miniak. How you doing, hey, Colleen? Thanks, you guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. doing awesome. How are you guys? It's I think good we're to hear good. your voices. We're, uh, you think we're, you're good? <laughs> we think. think? Yeah, you want to no, get back to me when you... <laughs> no. Have you pondered for a few minutes? No. Oh, it's no, good it's, to hear your voices. It's been... You know, when I looked up Skype here, it said that we hadn't recorded in over a year. So, wow. Is that right? Yeah. So let's not make it that long until um, we do this again because as our uh, listeners here are going to find out, it's not only going to be a fun podcast, but a, a real upbeat and uh, and um, really, Colleen's just so interested to talk to. Her. I, <laughs> oh, thanks. Know. Well, I'm excited to talk with you guys today. Yeah, and you know, uh, I was on the phone this morning with um, with Bill Fortney. He said to say oh, hello. Sure. Hello, and, uh, Bill. We're, we're, we're going to be planning on doing Acadia next. Not next. Not this fall, but probably twenty fall of twenty three. Okay. Like, yeah. So. I'll be there. <laughs> see you guys. See you before that. Anyhow, um, John, why don't you kick off a, a, a you know? A, do we need to introduce? Kyle? I think no, I don't think we do. But if anybody <laughs> no, wants an introduction, I'll I'll put links to her website and up and to her work yeah, up on the but, show notes. But uh, Colleen, tell everybody what what you, you know. We we know what you do, but t for those who don't, you should. And Colleen, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you're up to these days. Yeah, sure. So I am trained as a business major, a software engineer, and I spent 10 years at Intel Corporation as soon as I graduated from college. So my career path actually had nothing to do with art, photography, and, and really even travel. Um, you know, I really, I hadn't slept into a, in a tent until like 1997. So I was, you know, early 20s. And so, um, yeah, now I'm a full-time freelance photographer, writer, publisher, speaker, workshop instructor. I've got my hands on a lot of stuff. I uh, I kind of subscribe to the motto, uh, you can sleep when you're dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, And part of it is just there's so, so many fun things. There's so many opportunities. There's so many partnership, you know, opportunities with other people. Like, it's just every, like, yeah, I get myself into a lot of fun things, and that makes for a really interesting and and fun life. Sometimes I do need a nap, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which I I highly recommend. So I don't mean you can sleep when you're dead, literally, but yeah. Um, yeah, just there's there's a there's so much going on right now between books and workshops and travel and exhibitions and yeah, it's just it's been a a wild few months. Yeah, for the me. world is waking up again, you know. And ironically, um, uh, we we um, up live as we speak is the podcast we recorded with Guy Guy Tal after um, the release of uh, his new book um, Another Day Not Wasted that is uh, coincidentally just by chance published by me yeah. <laughs> and that you know and that that's an amazing thing to be able to do that it must be very rewarding to see your books around yeah so i started a publishing company um called analemma press and a lot of people don't know that it's actually separate so i actually run two businesses um my photography and then the book publishing and Still analemma it. press and, a well it's anal emma a-n-a-l-e-m-m-a <laughs> press and uh, I got a good story about that but I'm going to answer your your question first um 
Yeah, so we started Analemma Press as kind of a self-publishing outlet. So I published Wild in Arizona, Photographing Arizona Wildflowers. I published Photographing Acadia National Park, The Essential Guide to When, Where, and How. I published an e-book called Seeing the Light. So I was I was using it as a mechanism to get um, my my messages out, my voices. I, you had to have a logo of a, a press company on the back of your book, basically. So, But that sort of evolved into publishing other people's book and I don't I don't do it often um, and I only work with people that I'm I've known for a while so Bruce Talbert uh, he wrote and photographed our wild in Arizona photographing Arizona wildlife part of that wild in Arizona series and then when Guy and I talked you know Guy's one of my best friends so when Guy and I chatted about his you know next projects him having this book, uh, you know, sort of a follow on to his previous book, which was uh, more than a rock, which was fantastic. He kind of talked about wanting to do sort of a similar setup, but wanted a little bit more creative control, a little bit more freedom with it. And I was like, well, I know a publisher. (laughs) Um, It was, you know, this is my, I think it's my seventh book that I've published. Um, Really? Wow. Yeah, seventh book. And this one was really different for me. It's one thing to to see your own name in, uh, you know, on paper and hold it in your hands and smell the book. But it's another to be able to enable this for Guy. Um, it's it was really meaningful to to see his his book come to life. I mean, he was he was a joy to work with in the process. You know, he is very good with visualization. So he knows what he's looking for. He knows how he wants things. So decisions were actually quite fast and simple. Um, you know, a lot of it was just production and, and getting it just just the way he wanted it. So um, and hopefully, you know, and talking with it seems that we've got it we've got it right for him we've we've done a really high quality book he i think he seemed happy with it yeah (laughs) well i it's one of his you know i'm obviously biased but it is it is his best writing i think it's the best book he's done i told Mm -hmm. him that on the podcast (laughs) oh i'm serious i'm i'm serious not that the not not to disparage any of his other stuff but you know i just think i mean it, he in this book he kind of writes more like he talks yeah mm-hmm. you know and it, it just it it just i mean i i started reading it last night and i i couldn't put it down i it was amazing. Oh, good. good yeah it's i think it's a sign that he continues to grow and that's what we hope for as human beings right if we look back at our photographs or our books or our writing or whatever that we we've been working on if we look back and say wow you know i'm doing the same thing over and over again we're probably stale we're probably you know not growing and so to say that this is the best i think is a sign that that he is growing as a photographer he's growing as an artist he's growing as a philosopher you know he's yeah. just i've yeah, I, we're real proud of it, and I'm I'm happy that I had a small part in it. So, so <laughs> you Colleen, do you, let me, I was just going to ask Colleen real quick, John. I'm sorry. Uh, do you um do you handle the the printing of it? And I mean, you take it from the beginning to the very end, or do you yep. hand that off? No, I I my publishing company takes care of it all. So wow. we, I got a word document from Guy. Um, and we started editing like, so I, I helped with the editing. I have, um, an editor and a proofreader that I work with who are amazing people. Um, Eric Berg, actually my editor, he's edited all my books. He's the guy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) He's, he's the guy, get this. He's the guy that got all of my work when I left Intel said, and he still talks to me. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but he he is a remarkable writer in his own right. He is well published, um, and he's a, a really keen editor. And then Laurier Johnson is our uh, our proofreader, and she's amazing. So you know a lot before we even start talking about design and layout, which which we also um, which I also helped with, um, we get it we get it polished up. We get the manuscript polished up nice and nice and tidy. We do the layout. We do the production. So all of the InDesign work, um, 
we work with the printer, make sure that we have, you know, all the specifications right. We've got the right paper. We've got, I mean, picking paper and, and covers, I know sounds really ridiculous, but it's no. so detailed. Oh, yeah. You have to get just the right, you know, just the right paperweight for the photographs so they don't bleed, for example, just lots of little decisions. And so um, the printer prints it, they send it back to me, and I uh, do the distribution as well. And I have um, some help with that with my family. Wow. My dad is retired. Uh, my parents sure. are retired. So they help wow. me a little bit with distribution. So yeah, it's it's a team wow. effort for sure. And um, yeah, it's, it's a full... How long did this take? <laughs> oh, goodness. That's a good question. Uh, at least, at least a year, maybe a really? little bit longer. Actually, wow. I should, uh, I should look to see how, wow. how long it took. Um, yeah, it. I would say about a year. That's usually that's pretty fast for a book. I'm trying to think of when guys first sent me. Hmm. Maybe a year ago. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, yeah. just, just the fact of of how long it takes to write a book. And then adding on a year to two years plus to get it distributed, that's a huge process. Oh, it is. It is. And I had I had three books going at the same time. Wow. <laughs> which was a little bit crazy uh, over the last year. So I published the second edition of Photo Acadia. And then I, uh, as part of an exhibition that I'm in in Pueblo, Colorado, called The Current Flows, Water in the Air, West, I published an exhibition catalog, and all three are very, very different books. They're all three in very different formats, different paper, different everything. So, it's uh, we've definitely kept the printer <laughs> printer busy, and uh, yeah, just getting uh, getting all those books out to people so they they make a difference in people's lives. So that's crazy! Amazing. Wow, wow, you Amazing. are the hardest working woman in photography <laughs> that I know. For sure. Oh, thank Jeez. you. You know, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel that hard, honestly. It just feels it doesn't feel like work. It yeah. I just I'm having so much fun with it still and you know, if it's fun, I'm going to keep doing it. If it's not fun, I'm going to stop and do something else fun. So, I mean, life is meant to be lived and and enjoyed and all of that. So, well, trying to make the most of it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, our our lives are very short. And, uh, and kind of, kind of to guys book about another day, not wasted. It's, you know, how do you mm -hmm. maximize each and every day to, to live the fullest life that you can? I mean, that's, I think that should be everybody's goal. Yeah. And I think, you know, we have this notion that we should be figuring out life. And I have this thing that, you know, you figured out life when there's, when you realize there's nothing to figure out that the way you put together a great life is by making one decision at a time, right? One good decision at a time based on whether you're growing, whether it's going to mean something to you, and then just string a whole bunch of those together. Mm -hmm. And then that way you can look back at life and not regret what, what, you know, you've done or not done. And so, um, yeah. It's just trying to make the most of every day. So definitely another day not wasted. <laughs> you know, you, you, it's a great you, title. <laughs> it is. It's a great title. It's a title. great motto. Um, you, yeah. Colleen, you had talked a little bit about that, uh, about that exhibition. What, what's, uh, give us the highlights of that exhibition that you have going on. Yeah, that it's, it's all been a little bit surreal. So um, I was in out of, I was in Yosemite, actually, <clears throat> in February of 2020, right before the pandemic hit. And I was teaching at a conference at the out of Yosemite conference with the out of Chicago folks, um, a conference that I had ironically turned down three times. I had told them no, because I didn't feel like it was a good fit. Well, the rest of the story should be a, a lesson in saying yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so at the conference, I met uh, Gene Adams. I'm uh, Ansel Adams' family. Gene Adams is his daughter-in-law. She's married to Michael Adams. I did meet Michael at the conference <laughs> as well. And uh, she decided that she was going to sit through a three-hour class that I was giving one early morning on, if you can believe, visualization. Hmm. So, you know, having Ansel's family member, you know, in a presentation about visualization was sort of surreal to start with. And so after the presentation, uh, well, it, before the presentation, she I saw a book on her on, you know, kind of in her pile. And it was a book called Downriver by Heather Hansman, which is a great book. And I asked her, you know, if she was enjoying it. I don't know Heather, but I know I kind of run in the similar circles as, as she does. We were on the same 
uh, Yamper River Awareness Project trip. She was just on a different year than I was. I was I went down the Yamper River in 2019 with a group. But anyway, so I asked her if she was enjoying the book and if she, you know, was familiar with some of the water issues that we had. And she kind of was like, Jean was like, are you involved in water issues? And I was like, well, I'm in love with the Colorado River for a variety of reasons. And uh, after the presentation, she basically said, you're going to be in my exhibition. And I'm like, (laughs) say what? Like, I'm just happy, you know, (laughs) Jean didn't fall asleep in my presentation. And here she's excited um, for me to be a part of this exhibition. And at the time, her exhibition was called Fragile Waters. It had traveled around the country. It had Ansel Adams prints in it. It had people like Ernie Brooks, um, a lot of underwater, a lot of ocean-based photography. She eventually decided to rename that um, to Vital Waters. And that was going to be shown at the Sangre de Cristo Art Center in Pueblo, Colorado. Well, she was looking for a local flair for the Colorado-based museum and or the art center. And I had the Colorado River watershed pretty well covered based on my travels over the last five years. And I have been more and more engaged with water management issues out here. It's a big deal. You know, living in Arizona, yeah. we don't have a lot of water. We got to pay attention to this stuff. So, um, you know, I wasn't working in black and white. Her her exhibition, Vital Waters, was all black and white. And so, you know, through the conversation, she's like, you're going to have your own solo show. It's going to be in color and it's going to lead into it's going to be in the foyer, not the foyer, the foyer leading into the Vital Waters Exhibition Hall. And so that's that's what uh, happened. Uh, so in a year and a half, uh, my life completely changed. <laughs> and so up now. Yeah, it started June 4th. June June 4th was the opening gala, and it'll be up uh, at the Sangre de Cristo Art Center in Pueblo, Colorado through January of next year. So, um, I you know, if you have a chance to get out there, it's worth the trip just for the Ansel Prince alone. The other photographers are amazing. Um, they have the teaching panels that have, have really never been shown. Ansel's teaching pad- panels that have really never been shown it's basically his powerpoint slides of what he taught it's just they didn't have powerpoint back then right so um there's just there's a lot to see out there right now and it's really really well done and exciting so anyway that's the long of it and then the power of saying yes right there right and then i wrote captions that were too long to put on the wall (laughs) so i decided to put a book together um called the current flows water in the arid west it's an exhibition catalog of my 16 images from the show and i'm donating portions of the proceeds to back to the sangre de cristo art center for kids programs and to american rivers who i've worked pretty closely with over the last few years in the water management issues of the colorado watershed so um so yeah it's i hopefully it raises awareness it gives you a little bit of beauty gives you a little bit of the current situation in terms of threats and issues and yeah it's pretty exciting <laughs> wow. wow yeah well god john i mean you know i'm tired of listening that, to all of this after that <laughs> after that john i i, I want to go and uh you know i want to go and start woodworking or something you know <laughs> <laughs> we just warmed up too. Yeah, I, I think well, I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna walk into Safeway today and just like walk, walk up to somebody and go, "Yes, yeah, right." You right? know, you never well, know. You who never that might know. be. Yeah, saying know. yes opens up opportunities, it right? Does. Saying no closes the door. And you know, sometimes we're afraid to say yes. I mean, in the in the case with Yosemite, I didn't. You know, I didn't believe in myself, which is I didn't feel like I belonged in Yosemite. I'd never photographed it before. You know, I'd only been once before, and that was for a friend's wedding. So I hadn't – I really didn't know anything about it. Um, and believing that you have something more to offer than just location-based, you know. So we we have fears. We have insecurities. And we need to plow through those because that's where the, that's where the good stuff is, you know, and the uncertainty and – and and maybe you're not going to be great at it at something. You know, when you say yes to something, you know, maybe you don't know everything about it. Maybe you're new at it. Maybe you got to learn. But that's for me, that's even with photography, that's the basis of creativity. That's that's where you're going to get you're going to create opportunities for yourself. So say yes. I, I say always yeah. remember I always tell a story, you know, when I got out of uh, 
got out of college. I had already been playing professionally and actually paid for a good part of my education. But I get back to New York and someone gave my name to the biggest booking agency in New York. Oh, paid the most and they were so this guy calls me up and he goes now you know so and so gave me your name now you know all the tunes don't you and i go oh absolutely i know everything you know uh-huh i didn't, I didn't know anything and I, I hung up the phone i said oh my god what am i gonna do well, you know what i learned them on the uh, you know i learned them as we went along and I, my year was okay but i said yes and i it's kind of the same thing you know Oh, I think I've put together my entire photography career based on that. <laughs> like yeah. not having any idea, but being like, "Oh yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out." <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think, most I think, of the time, you do right. We're I making think it up. Part of that least... too, Colleen, is not being afraid to fail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's a good a... part. That's a good part of what's in Guy's book. You yeah. know, uh, we're all going to fail. That's it, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, as long as you not. learn from it. Yeah. As, as long as you're, I mean, I was an overachiever for a solid 40 years of my life. I was a perfectionist and recovering perfectionist now, but failure was never in my vocabulary until, you know, the, my life events of 2015, you know, trying to cross like Powell, you know, my, my separation, which ultimately led to my divorce. It's just, it was a lot of, of quote failure, air quotes, right? Failure. But what an opportunity to learn, you know? And so, yeah, we make a lot of bad images. I mean, I, well, I do, I don't know. You guys make amazing images, but, (laughs) but you gotta, you gotta work through those. Right. I mean, you, you almost have to make bad images to, if you're pushing it, right. If you're, if you're trying new things, you're going to make, you're not going to be great at it. It's kind of like yin and yang. You can't have good without bad. Right. True. You you have to have both. Life is a balance. Yeah, very, very true. Yep. Definitely so, agree with so that. So the, the exhibition is kind of a nice little segue to, um, as we were talking before the show, uh, uh, you had spent some time uh, over at the Adams House just recently. What was uh, what was that about and how was that experience? Yeah, yeah well, it was surreal, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Jeannie and I have, have become friends through working uh, with the exhibition. We've, we've camped together. We've, you know gone out and played in the in the rivers together and whatnot so um she's she's a phenomenal woman and she had invited me up to their house in carmel which is uh the ansel and virginia's um house that they they lived in and you know with covid she invited me like three times over the last year and it was like california shut down nope can't do this can't do that and so finally um i had a free week and she invited me up again and it was like yeah i'm gonna go this time and so uh i just spent to about four five days five days um at at their house um and was able to see ansel's dark room i was able to see you know mm-hmm. the big drum that you see in their their portrait picture by alan ross um yeah it was just you know, I saw the view that he sees. I went into Point Lobos. It just, it was, it was just living history. And a part of me was like, this is, this is totally normal. Like, this is, like, this is just life. This is where You're my right. path has led, led me. Like, in, right. like, yeah, like, so that's on the one side. And then on the other side, I'm completely losing my two marbles going, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in Ansel's house. Right? Hey, John, <laughs> John, you know, hey, John, I, I knew Colleen, John. When before she said yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she still talks to me. It's an amazing. Well, you guys were amazing. Wow. Well, so <laughs> so was that house better. just kind of like a like was it a living museum or just a sort of a blend of, or is it just like a normal, a normal residence that just happens to have family heirlooms hanging out? It's it's a normal household. It yeah. is that just so happens to have you know, a dark room in it and, you know, original Ansel Adams on the wall. Uh, You know, there's a gigantic moonrise Hernandez on the, on the wall, which I just couldn't stop staring at. But like Jeannie in her own right, she's a phenomenal artist and she had some of her work up on the walls as well. And um, it just, there's books everywhere. You know, they're very well read. They're very, they're very talented and, and, Quite honestly, they're just very, very kind human beings. Like they were an absolute delight to spend time with. Genie is just full of ideas, so the two of us getting together, <laughs> it, it gets a little bit wild. But you know, I loved hearing 
stories about, you know, quote, mom and dad, you know, um, Ansel and Virginia, you know, Virginia and Ansel, uh, respectively. And so I heard a lot of stories about Michael's travels with with his dad. And that uh, that's just like sitting down with a, you know, a human being just talking about their childhood. It was they're all they're very normal. human. <laughs> they're very normal. Like, well, that's well, you know, just, that, that's the thing. I was talking to my wife the other day about celebrities, and you know, everybody just puts their pants on one leg at a time, just like you and I. Not me. Well, <laughs> you, you still wear a skirt, <laughs> Jack, but that's well, for another I topic. And I do both at the same time. <laughs> Inside <laughs> out, that. Too. inside that. out, and backwards. Picture that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah human beings they're very very kind they're very warm the the hospitality was fantastic we had loads of laughs um you know it just it's it has such such a rich history and you know that place has such rich history and so many stories in its wall it was just it was a privilege to be able to experience that um and yeah so yeah wow wow thanks for sharing that that's a pretty cool story yeah <laughs> It's a great opportunity. Yep. No, I was just very, very fortunate. I mean, to have that opportunity. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's evolved since last February. I could have never, ever imagined in my wildest dreams that I would have ever met, you know, Ansel's family. And I mean, Ansel was the first photographer that I ever heard of when I started photography back in 2001. It was, you know, I think I got like the negative, that book mm -hmm. um, that he produced. The print. Um, the print. Yep. He had a whole series of them, right? Yeah. Still and read them. So, yeah. I mean, I still have it on my shelf. And, you know, the second photographer was Galen Rao, which who I also admired tremendously. But Ansel and Galen, between those two, I mean, they were my foundation. And so... You know, if I look back at 2001 when I was working at Intel, I was slaving away at a, you know, 60, 70 hour job doing software engineering and just happened to pick up a camera and was introduced to Ansel and his work. And I to think then, like if I put myself in that headspace and be like, OK, in 20 years, you're going to be sitting in the Adams's house. I would have just been, I would have laughed at you. There's no way. Like it just, it, it's so interesting how life evolves. It's not something that I would have ever been able to plan for. It's not something I could have ever put together. It just, it just happened. You know, it just, the, the stars yeah, but, aligned. The universe. Colleen, aligned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just <laughs> happened. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But you also are, and, and I mean, you also know how to take a good photograph and, <laughs> um, and 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 your philosophies etc are, are even well deserved and that's why it happened i mean it you know they wouldn't walk out there you know i gotta walk up to john and i and say yeah you want to do a thing you know your, your well, work is really good and, and that, that helps yeah i certainly appreciate that jack as as you guys know in this industry it becomes more than just producing beautiful, meaningful work, right? I mean, there everybody's, are everybody's doing good work. Do I, you know, I yeah. tell everybody, I tell my my clients, if their images are not good, it's not the camera, folks. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, every but people are doing good work. I mean, I, I used to yeah. be, Colleen. I don't know how long you've been doing workshops, but I've been doing them a long time. It used to be nobody could outshoot the workshop leader. Mm. And now, you know, you've got housewives and you've got nuclear physicists and you've got, you know, for the whole gamut of people. And they're making great photographs, as good, good as any, you know, good as a lot of people I know, if not better. Right. So. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I mean, phenomenal work. And, and, you know, it's not really magic. It's just it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of time. It's dedicating yourself to the craft and learning more about it, always learning something new. But, you know, in it from a business sense, you know, I've sort of adopted this this mindset of what can I do for you? And, you know, that 
a lot of my business background, I use my business degree far more now than I did when I was at Intel. And it's it's trying to come up with mutually beneficial solutions and trying to have a customer service orientation and trying to do the best thing for your clients. And you guys, you guys know this. So it becomes more, especially as you dabble in books and you dabble in workshops and things that are beyond just, you know, printing a print it becomes more than just, you know, isn't my, my isn't my picture pretty? Um, because we could say that about a lot of, a lot, a lot of people right now. Um, and so, I'm getting uh, yeah. pretty pictures. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I mean, uncreative I, pretty pictures are not doing it for me a whole lot anymore, but it's a uh, yeah. podcast. I think <laughs> probably right. Yeah. I'm, I'm more drawn to images that make me think, that make me wonder, um, that make, that move me in some way. And, and a lot of those are pretty, you know, a lot of them are beautiful yeah, images. Course. I mean, that's, I, I, that's why I do what I do, right. Is I want to, I want to express beauty and I want to share beauty and I want to, I want to experience other people's beauty and what they deem is exciting and beautiful in their own world. But yeah, it's, I've definitely, there, over the years, there's something evolved. beyond the pretty that that is captivating, right. that's compelling, that's connective. So it's not just a pretty picture; it's pretty plus some magic. You See, know. Right. John nailed it. John nailed it again. That's it. Yep, yeah, that's this it. Is, it this is, is why it. I keep him around. <laughs> in, in my in my uh, my crude, uh, I don't know, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. John will pick up on it and then explain it to everybody in such a, you know, flowing, very profound, you know, polished way. Deep thoughts uh, by Jack Handy. I, that's right. why I keep people that are old. John, you're gonna, you, you, your future is ahead of you, John. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. So, Colleen, yeah, let think, me. I think it. I think it requires uh, the photographer to experience that magic themselves first right like if all you're doing is standing on the side you know the edge of a canyon and saying wow this is pretty like you're probably not going to get very deep but if you're having some sort of experience you're having some sort of response you know you're going to pour that into your images and and you can tell the difference between people who are, are making pretty pictures and people who are making images that mean something to them well at said. least i think i, I can see that well so said. i'll tell you a good title for a book and I'm really serious for once um, that 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 I would love to write. And John and I talked about this the other day. We may do a few podcasts with this um, All right. with this theme, but I would love to get. And you could probably name a couple dozen. John could, I could, if we could get about twenty people on a podcast at once and have every one of them go through their top five most memorable experiences in photography. Mm. Wouldn't that be cool? Not that images, would be cool. but experiences. Yeah, I, man, that would be that would be that would yeah. be, and we, I, you know, I love. We're going to talk. John and I are going to talk about that. Okay, next subject. <laughs> no, so, so just I, what I do want to do is just kind of wrap up what Colleen said, and I think to, you know, as a photographer, when you are at a location, and you want to you want to produce those connective, you know, deep images, you as a person need to be in the right mind space to be open and receptive to your environment before you can tap into that and translate it into your images. Yep. That's yep. In fact, I just, I just wrote a dear bubbles on this called mind your monkey mind and how to get yeah. into that, that yeah. headspace, how to quiet the chatter and how to, how to facilitate that connection. Cause I, and I write about this, you know, one of the things that I heard really early on in my career was let let the landscape speak to you and mm -hmm. it's like I don't even know what the hell that means like <laughs> what you want yeah. like yeah. I just want to make a pretty picture here right like and the lights happening and you know I'm not going to let the land do anything like let me yeah. just take care of this right you, and you want course, a picture everybody will like on Facebook right exactly yeah. so um Obviously, that's not my approach now, and obviously, I understand the idea of letting the land speak to you. It's really just be, it's it's listening. It's it's being still. It's quieting your mind and paying attention to yourself. You know, as you're sitting there, what are you responding to? And and maybe even more importantly, 
why are you responding to that? What is it that's special about that particular moment or that particular view or that particular subject? Why that rock and not this rock? Or why this tree and not that tree? Like, what is it that's Amen, getting you excited? sister. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> High fives. Uh-huh. Right? So it, how it, you... may, it may result in not even taking a photograph. Oh, I have zero expectation of making a photograph. I don't even go out on photo shoots. I go out on experiences. I go on a hike, a paddle, and my camera just comes with me. The like, in case I have these moments where I'm like, "Wow, look at that!" or "Isn't that interesting?" Like, those are my triggers. It's not. Let me take my camera out and let me go, you know, hunt and fish and let me go find something in the landscape that I think is going to make a great image. It's not that at all. Oh, yeah, you know what's funny about that, Colleen? About is we all <laughs> preach. We all correctly preach that. So, and we're so, and we're, and we're right about it. That's Bill Fortney. Hey, Bill. I'll call you later. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Bill. <laughs> well, Anyhow, it's, um, it's interesting. You know, we preach that, and then we take people on photo workshops. Actually, and then, yeah. And it's the I've... opposite of what we we take them out to photograph. Yep. We tell them to slow down, and when we get where we're going, go, okay, we have an hour. Yep, <laughs> so, I know, right? I'm actually going to change that, I think, next year. Well, I have a workshop that I'm putting on. It's called In the Footsteps of George O'Keefe out at, at Ghost Ranch in New Mexico, and I've decided with that workshop I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change. My workshops are evolving to uh, in a way that doesn't match what I do in the field. And it's not that I want everybody to do what I do. It's that I want them to experience that creative process in a little bit different way. And so probably 2022 is kind of in the books now, but 2023, I think I'm going to, I'm going to shift some things around to have experience based as opposed to let's get up at sunrise and shoot for an hour. Like you said, yeah. 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 Well, I I go to great pains to, to tell everybody. I said, listen, folks, I'm telling you to slow down and I'm telling you to look around and walk around without your camera and all this, all that stuff. And then when we leave, I'm telling you we have an hour and I'm telling you to shoot over here. So it's, it's, it's kind of opposite in a way and it, it needs to be uh, addressed and that's a good good thing. Um, I have a quick story from my Ansel, my Adams visit about George O'Keefe. Now that she, her name, I brought her name up. Um, I George, George O'Keefe. George Stieglitz. George. Yeah. Stieglitz. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Yeah. 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 That happened. Alfred Stieglitz. Yeah. Yeah. So it George, actually would be called Alf. It would be called Alfred O'Keefe before. It right. Would be George exactly. Stieglitz. <laughs> yeah. So apparently. Apparently, Georgia went to go visit Ansel. They went to Point Lobos, and I guess, like, Georgia had no interest at all at painting Point Lobos. I mean, if you guys have been out to Point Lobos, it's gorgeous. It's a glorious coastal landscape. And she went out and was just like, nope, I'm I'm just enjoying it. She didn't paint at all while she was there. I mean, because she didn't know the landscape, she wasn't connecting with it in a, in a artistic way. I mean, obviously she thought it was remarkable, but not, not to the point where she felt compelled or inspired to, to paint. And so she, you know, she painted what she knew, which was, which was ghost ranch. And I think that that's a, that's a good lesson for, for all of us as photographers is, you know, I know people want to shove as much as they can into a five day vacation vacation and you know all at sunrise and you know got to see it all do it all but you don't we don't have to make images and that's part of having an autotelic experience is is really just enjoying the experience for what it is not necessarily having this pressure to perform or produce results I, it, it's a way more enjoyable way to approach photography in life at least for me it is and then you guys yep. you guys are similar in that that vein yeah. so it's it's a much richer life experience and there happens to you know you i'm lucky if i get some pretty pictures out of it but it's it's such <laughs> a rich experience right yeah. i mean the pictures are just are just the bonus right they're just they're a function of I having probably. yeah exactly so mm-hmm. um yeah it's and i i think it's a you know we, most of us didn't take up photography to press buttons. We didn't take up photography to be frustrated, um, you know, and feel this pressure. A lot of us, most of us, I would assume, um, got into it because we enjoy being outside. We enjoy, you know, 
learning about the world around us. We enjoy, you know, feeling awe and wonder and, and fascination and feeling alive and feeling small as a human being, you mm -hmm. know, knowing your place in the universe and all of those things. That has nothing to do with a camera. Um, you know, it just we bring the camera along as a tool to help us express those stories and those things that we see so and experience. So, you know, yeah, it's in, a uh, down in my garage on top of my tool cabinet. There's a little piece of mud, and in this piece of mud is this little clamshell. And I happen to be walking with Guy when I pick this up. Okay. And, uh, and I always look at it before I leave because that clamshell somewhere between one and two million years old. Wow. And wow. when I look at that and I go, man, <laughs> you know, I'm really not that bored. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I, and I get right. – it puts my head in the right spot. Hey um, – John and I, we could you Conley, tell us about your flow trips. Tell, what what yeah. what are they about? Oh, which one? Grand <laughs> which Canyon, one? Colorado River. Yeah. Thought, well, yeah. So I spend a lot of time on rivers in general, mostly in the Colorado River watershed. So it's you know places like San Juan, the Yampa, the Green, things like that. Um, and I try to experience them. them experience them in different ways so i do rafting trips um specifically through the grand canyon um i also do my own stand-up paddleboarding um on various rivers both flat water and white water so my i have a workshop for example that i do annually uh with the exception of this year uh, through the through the Grand Canyon with Hatch River Expeditions, they're a commercial outfitter. They take really great care of us. Um, it's just it's an amazing experience. It's it's epic in the non like it's <laughs> it's as epic as you can get without it being cliche. Like it's just it's just so magical in the, in that place. And that's one of my favorite trips is to, is to get people down there and, and show them that magic. But I also do stand up paddleboarding. So I was just in Moab not too long ago and stand up paddleboarded. Uh, oh, I think about a 10 mile stretch, maybe a little, yeah, maybe about 10 miles, a uh, bit of white water. So I was able to paddle through a class two rapid and stay on my board, which was, um, uh, the same rapid that I fell in in 2015, so I had a, <laughs> a little bit of redemption right. um, to, to conclude that story, which was very exciting. That's going to eventually be another book that'll be uh, going with the flow. Uh, that's my memoir that well, I'm working me, on. Let, so yeah, Colin, let me ask you on that on that um, on that Colorado River on the Grand Canyon trip. You, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's sort of billed as a as a photography trip. Yes. It is. Yeah. So, so how how does so speaking about experiential experiences and photography experiences, how do you how do you blend that on this trip? What what is a what does a day look like on the trip like that? Well, every every day, obviously, you're seeing different scenery, um, but you're fully immersed in the canyon. You are part of the canyon the second you launch from Lee's Ferry, and we literally can photograph all day, all night. Uh, to our heart's content, you know, you get on the boat and you can, you can photograph as the boat's going through it. For me, it's a, an exercise in, in appreciating and noticing the present moment, because as soon as you see it, it's literally behind the raft. Like it's the moment it's gone, right? Like, so you're motoring down and if you don't photograph it, you don't, you don't get a you second go chance. Back around. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's really you're constantly in the moment, which is for me that's how I photograph always, not just at the Grand Canyon, but you're you're in that moment, you're experiencing it right as, you know, right there then and there. And then, you know, we make stops, we do some hiking. Um, we do obviously some some exploration to you know Native American uh, ruins. We do you know hikes to waterfalls, petroglyphs, all sorts of you know interesting geological like like blacktail uh, geological features like blacktail and the Great Unconformity where there's you know millions of years missing from the geological record. And so it's just there's there's it's different every day, but we can photograph the whole time. The photography trip really the biggest difference is we have a smaller group. So instead of 30 some people on a boat, two boats, we have 15 and on a single private charter and we spend more time at these locations. So what we're kind of not boats? What kind of boats? 
Oh, it's a 30 foot plus, I think it's 32, 34 foot, uh, pon- basically a big old pontoon boat. It's a donut. It's called an S rig formally. Um, but it's, it's a big old boat. Um, we load our gear in the center. We sit around it. I have some pictures on my, my website with the workshop if you want to check it out. Oh. Uh, but they're, they're big and they're, they're motored. Um, I do a motor trip. You know, you can do or, which I would love to do. It's just a lot longer, um, a little bit slower. Um, but this gives people an opportunity who are a little bit busy um, to, to experience the canyon for, for eight days or people who haven't, aren't super comfortable camping. Um, they, they have the opportunity to just do it for a little bit. And it's really the poshest camping you'll ever do. So we get into camp each night. It's a different place, different view every night. And it's always amazing. It's always remarkable. And so we do, we have time for photography. We set up at sunrise and sunset. Basically you can, you can sit on the beach, you can have your, you know, a adult beverage you can have your camera you know your adult beverage in one hand your clicker your your cable release i was going to say clicker do that's my technical term for a cable release and you can you can just be photographing very nonchalantly like it's very it's very mellow um you know they do all the cooking for us they provide the camping gear the dry bags uh, we're just we're very well taken care of on that trip so that we can yeah. focus on photography so yeah that's the <laughs> and so I mean, for for the people who are listening to this that are um, you know my clientele, I mean, how what's the requirements as far as um, being in shape or age or getting around or what have you? So we've had everyone. Uh, so far on my trips, I've have a, I've had everyone from like twenty eight years twenty eight years old to uh, eighty three. So there's really no age limitation. Um, you're obviously going to enjoy the trip much more if you are in good physical condition. You know, you don't want to be worrying about you know jumping off the boat or hiking. Um, you know, if you're if you have you know, physical ailments, obviously those would be good to take care of. I mean, you're in a wilderness environment. People, it's, if you get hurt or whatnot, you, you can't just walk away. Like we have to helicopter you out basically. So you want to be in good shape. Um, you know, you don't have to know how to swim. You'll have a life vest on the whole time. Um, you're on the boat. You can take it off on the shore, obviously. Um, but you're not going to be spending any time in the water. Um, you don't have to swim. Uh, you can swim in the side. We swim in like the little Colorado River, which is super fun. Um, but you don't you don't have to have swim swimming background. Um, you just really have to have an adventurous spirit. Um, you, you know, you can kind of choose your own adventure. If you aren't up for hiking, you don't have to do the hike. So it is it is a little bit you can tailor it as you go. If you aren't feeling it, you're maybe too hot or too cold or whatever. You can you can decide to stay with the boat, which is fine. So it's it's really customizable. Um, you know that said, of course, you're on a boat with 15 people for eight days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> kind wow. of captive. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But it's I've done it. I've done it six times. I've done it once a year for the last six years. I have my trip scheduled for next year. I think I have four spots left right now. And uh, yeah, I just can't get enough of it. It's It gets better every time you get down there. It's because you're connected with it. You start to learn more about it, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Same way with Acadia and all the other places that we go. The more you yep. learn about it, the more connected you get. And so my best images came from my... Uh, I, <laughs> I did a guide training trip this year. I'm trying to actually be a river guide uh, <laughs> on well, the Grand Canyon because I don't have enough to do, right? Um, so my best images just keep coming year after year. And so it's it's really exciting. I love... I love seeing people's faces, you know, after about 24, 48 hours, they're just shoulders drop, you know, they're in this place that has no expectation of them. There's no cell phone service. There's no news. It just, they become themselves. They, and they become free and they're in this phenomenal place. So John and I see this when we go to Alaska, right? You guys should come with me. (laughs) Oh, I would love that's on my bucket list, Colleen, for sure, is to go down that river. I would would put it as high as you possibly can on that bucket list. It is and I sort of was like at the beginning, the very first trip, it wasn't a photography trip. I just got invited um, by some friends. And one of the gentlemen had been down like thirty times. He had Hmm. done he was like a research assistant or 
um, field scientist. And he was like, look, this is going to be the most epic thing you ever do. And I was like, really? I, you know, I mean, we don't know each other. Like we just met. I, I kind of do a lot of pretty epic things in my life. Like, I don't know. I'm sure this is going to be great. I'm really excited about the new experience, but, but really to call it the most epic thing I've ever done. Like, I don't know. That's kind of, and then by the, he goes, Nope, just wait, wait until tomorrow morning. And I was like, okay, you know, we'll see. And I woke up the next morning on, um, what was it? South Canyon. It was a Sandy beach in South Canyon. And I woke up and my mom was within with me. And I, I, looked over at my mom and I said, mom, this is the most epic thing I have uh, ever done. And nice. I, and I want, yeah. I want people to feel this. I want them to meet yeah. the river. I want them to see this Canyon, like in this way. And so that's why I do my trips. And, and <laughs> you know, what just struck me Colleen, too is, is, you know, as we as a society are, are getting more and more wrapped up in our technology and more disconnected and more divisive to have these experiences where we strip away all that stuff and bring us back to humanity yep. and, and our connection with our natural environment, I think are even more important for us as a society, not just for us as people, but you know, it just brings us good energy back out into society. Everybody that gets to experience this kind of thing. Yeah. And it's going to get worse. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, they put a new cell tower now right on top, right on top, of Mount Rainier. Oh my you know? goodness. Yeah. So now the cell service from the parking lot at the Paradise Lodge is better than it is, you know, down the hill in Ashford. <laughs> you know, yeah. why? You know, yeah. I mean, it's just enough. Enough is enough. So there enough. are so few places in this world right now that we can escape for, you know, eight days without, without checking emails and getting texts and, you know, looking up Facebook and social media, like to have these time frames and, and, you know, science, scientific research shows that it takes three days to come down off of all of that. And so if, if you don't have a string of three days where you're away from all of that in it constantly, and it's exhausting to be out for like eight days in in the Grand Canyon, and and actually I just did a, a trip. I did a camping trip to Echo Park in Dinosaur National Monument recently, where I was at the campground. They had no cell phone service, and I I kept myself there for eight days, and it it, it it's heaven. It's yeah. just yep. absolutely taking it. Jack, just you know, Jack, Jack mentioned Why? it just earlier. We run this workshop up in Alaska where there's no cell and and virtually no internet, and. Uh, you know, the first year I was apprehensive about that, but every subsequent year I look forward to it where you just disconnect and it's yeah, such yeah. a nice feeling. And then when you land in Anchorage and you ding, turn ding, your ding, phone ding, on, ding, ding. it's like, oh, God. Like, click, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your, <laughs> you know, Re-entry your phone is blows a bear. <laughs> Re-entry is, is, is harder every time we have these experiences because we know, and I call, I call like the Grand Canyon, I call that the real world. Uh, we re-enter into the manufactured world and it's just, it gets harder every time you spend time in the real world yeah. to come back to the manufactured world because it yeah. is, it is, it, it's exhausting at times, right? <laughs> What's on your bu- bucket list, Colleen? I mean, what do you, what haven't you done that you want to do? Everything that I haven't done yet. There's got to be one or two. I want to do one or two uh, things. There's got to be. There's got to be some. You know, my my biggest thing right now is I would love to see Antarctica. I would love to see ice. I mm. love ice. I love ice bubbles. I love. I just. I. That would be for me, that would be my next big bucket list item. But I am I am pretty much open to anything, especially things that I can't my brain can't even come up with, right? That's that's the fun. Um I'm not super excited about skydiving, uh bungee jumping or swimming with sharks that eat me. So um other than that, I'm pretty game for just about anything and I'm I leave space so that the universe kind of puts those kind of spontaneous opportunities together things that i'm not able to think up you know um you know i have plenty of of trips and ideas that i want to you know stand up paddleboard different stretches of the colorado river and things like that but you know 
really trying to expand the opportunities is where we we see the most growth. So, so standing up paddleboard, you're on this board with a <laughs> with a paddle, and you're balancing yourself. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, you're, Jack, you should you try know, it. You're nuts. Yeah, you're <laughs> nuts. Try it, Jack. <laughs> That's like ice fishing. I mean, come yeah. on. That's just, almighty. Yeah, so it's like a surfboard. Uh, so I have two different boards. They're both inflatable, so they, they you know, you, you blow them up with air, yeah. and they become very rigid. Um, and I have a board that's 14 foot long, which I use for flat water touring. Um, its name is Lear, L-I-R. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, the second one, I'm still trying to settle on a name. It is a feisty one. It's a 10-foot 10, 10 board, and it's for whitewater. And it is squirrely. It is hyper. It is it is such a fun board. But I take that through rapids. Um, I didn't know five years ago. Oh, in 2015, I didn't know that you could stand up paddleboard rapids. But now it's like one of my yeah. favorite things. So um, why do you live where you live? Now, I'm not going to say where you live, but you live in a desert. Yeah, I live, I, well, I live, I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Well, I'm not from Phoenix. I live in Phoenix, Arizona, yeah. but I came here to take a job from college. So I was, I went to, I graduated from University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, and I got offered a job with Intel Corporation, and Intel is based in a, in a few different ways, including Oregon, which I've spent some time up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just never left. My family's here. Um, you know, my parents live you know, 18 minutes to the east. My brother lives eight minutes to the east. So I have my family here. Yeah. Yeah. So I I just, I've never had a reason to leave. Um, I have wanted to move to places like Oregon and somewhere where, you know, maybe not quite so hot in the summer. (laughs) Where there's more water. Where there's, well, yeah, water is is obviously a problem. And so, Yeah. We've well, got to that out, but um, yeah. <laughs> you know, folks, uh, the one thing I wanted to mention, Colleen talked about her blog, and it's uh, if you don't, if you do anything, I would go out and read her blog called Dear Bubbles, and it is a highly entertaining, um, thought-provoking blog that you can, you contribute to on a fairly regular basis, don't you, Colleen? Yeah. So right yeah. now, and thanks for that, the positive comments, John. Yeah. So um, I was writing it uh, once a week throughout the pandemic, and I did that for a year. So there's 50, at least 52 columns. <laughs> and then I, starting uh, last November, I changed that to monthly just because my travel schedule was going to get a little bit more intense. And so it's now monthly. It's the first Wednesday of every month, and it is driven by questions from the community. Um, I don't come up with the questions. I, I ask people what their challenges are. What advice do they need? What are they struggling with? And uh, I get the questions from from my community. So um, and then I answer it uh, on that monthly basis and it helps everybody. It helps me. I research, you know, I research the topics, make sure that they're, you know, thought out. and They're, you know, hopefully well written. And uh, I take quite a bit of time to write them. But uh, I learn and then, you know, hopefully the community we're growing together. So, you know, we all have we all have struggles. We're all struggling. A lot of us struggle with similar things, especially in photography. And so it's on a variety of topics from, you know, technical to, you know, I can't get my pictures sharp. How do I you know, how do I control depth of field all the way to, you know, why? Why do I feel like I suck? Like, <laughs> like yeah. I mean, why, you know. How do I not feel that way? And so just re- you know, refer those questions. That, that last question, refer that one to me. <laughs> All right, we'll do. Dear yeah, Jack. I can answer that easy. <laughs> hey, uh, before we wrap this up, Colleen, you have a, a new edition. Uh, in addition to the book you did with Guy, I see you, you also have another edition of your Acadia book that's going to be released here quickly am i correct oh it's out it's out it it, it lives it has been born yeah so we sold out of the first edition and i am a very different person and a very different photographer from the first edition when that came out it was 2014 and i had really not i i was triggered in 2013 from like a person who liked to take pretty pictures to sort of this 
like more of a visual artist who had a, who felt like I had a voice and could express my own creativity. I hadn't made that transition. It really it was triggered in 13. And so when I wrote the first edition in 14, you know, I had a very different perspective about Acadia, about photography, about life. And so I poured all of that new stuff into the second edition and that came out uh, in July and uh, hopefully trying to get people, you know, two beautiful places in Acadia. You guys know there's so many beautiful spots, just trying to get people focused, but then also giving them the tools and ideas to see Acadia through their own lens, you know, not necessarily, you know, only photographing Bass Harbor Head Lighthouse or, you know, only photographing from the top of Cadillac. Those those places are beautiful and iconic for have, a reason, you've been right? Up, you, you've been up there <laughs> lately? Uh, I have not been to Cadillac Mountain or... Uh, Bass Harbor Head Lighthouse for probably several years yeah, now. Well, it's just been the, a little too busy. The tra- busy the traffic going up to Cadillac Mountain. I don't even go there when we go. Well, I, mean, the- I, I tell people they want to go, go when the day after the workshop because it's you can't do it. You yeah. got to leave at three in the morning. Then you get up there and it's ten thousand people on top of the mountain in the morning. Well, they've deal with it. they've since changed. So it, it was either they started at last. Last year, the year before, they started. They put Cadillac Mountain on a reservation system. So now they are able to control the traffic a little bit oh. more. Yeah, absolutely. You had to get up there at 3 o'clock in the morning, and you were fighting for parking spots. Yeah. Um, so that's a little bit different now. Um, but those those reservations are very difficult to get. And so it's, yeah, it's, you know, there's so many other places yep. that you can get aerial views you know one of my favorite alternatives is uh gora mountain and there's there's a whole bunch of other places in the mountain that you it takes a little bit more effort Mm -hmm. but you can it's yeah it's you don't have to see those places they're beautiful i hope people who have never been do see them but you don't you certainly don't have to in order to have i've got the original book experience yeah i've got your original book and i I, i'm gonna buy the new one and if you're going if you're going to Acadia, Acadia, or you know what really annoys me when people say, "Hey, are you doing Arcadia next?" Arcadia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you're going to Acadia National Park, just go to Amazon and buy Colleen's book, um, and, and it'll save you a lot of time and yep. uh, also teach you a lot about uh, about the area. It's a great, 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 uh, great thing. Um, are you doing anything new that anybody? should know about <laughs> always always um so i am working on my uh, my memoir called going with the flow i'm going to turn dear bubbles into an actual book so it'll be sort of a how-to digital photography book creativity but it will be instead of the chronological time i'm going to package it a little bit different and add a few more columns that aren't published yet on on the column so i'm going to do those two books um i've got my workshops coming up in acadia and great smoky mountains which i'm excited about some conferences coming up um yeah right right now my focus is really on on books workshops and then my my own travel i'm starting a new a new book which is kind of nebulous at this point it's around confluences of the colorado river um both physically and metaphorically and so that's that's sort of starting to take some life so and that requires me to be out uh, out and do some more paddles trips more rafting and whatnot so that's really my focus is is going to be books workshops and 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 water what do you (laughs) what do you do in your spare time uh, <laughs> uh, I try. I try cooking new recipes. I read. Wow. Wow. I plan for new trips. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I Record write. podcasts. Yeah. I talk with you guys. I talk yeah. with friends. Yeah. I mean, it's it goes back to what Guy's book was, right? Another day not wasted. And I'm not trying to fill my time arbitrarily. I'm trying to use my time wisely and. Yeah. with things that I'm, are meaningful to me and if things would just stop being fun then I <laughs> it'd yeah. stop going but I just it's it's a it's a privilege to be able to enjoy what I do and I I, I feel so fortunate every single day that I get to do what I do I get to meet and talk with people like you guys all the time and um yeah it's 
yeah, just trying to make the most of it. So, well, you know, I I, I really want to make sure that we don't go another year without having you on. I know. Here, um, <laughs> John, I'm going to leave the the putting the the nail on things on this podcast to you. I'm just going to encourage people to go to. Uh, to Colleen's website and you know Colleen's um, last name is spelled M-I-N-I-U-K it's mini United Kingdom there you go <laughs> there you go that's a great way to look and 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 uh, look at her things and also uh, check out the um, the uh, water in the arid west the current flows um, there's a link on there to that and that's uh, that's the exhibit that uh, we talked about at the very beginning. John, why don't you uh, nail this down for us? <laughs> Sounds good, Jack. Thank you. Um, so, folks, if you have any suggestions, um, send us an email at info we talk photo we talk photo at gmail dot com. Um, I'm going to put up a lot of show notes for Colleen. Um, links to her website, links to her blog, links to the exposition exhibition. Um. So find all the information there on wetalkphoto.com. And Colleen, I can't tell you what a pleasure it is. It's always uplifting, energizing, and wonderful to talk to you. Thank you for being Absolutely. on. Oh, Absolutely. thank you. It's always wonderful to chat with you guys. You guys are amazing, and you provide endless inspiration for me and so many people. So thank you for what you do, and thank you for being you. Well, thank, well, thank you. you. So Peter. folks – Take care, uh, stay tuned, and we'll have more episodes coming up. And if you like this, please subscribe, like, do all that fun stuff out in the social media world to help us keep this show going. So, all right, with that, we'll wish you a wonderful day. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye.